Well, welcome back. It's Paul with SIA and Andy with Snow Scamps Europe. We're here to talk about a very difficult subject, a very sensitive subject in talking about your ski equipment, specifically aiming towards people who are probably going to rent for whether it's a budget reason or really just not sure if it's something that they they like. And of course, many people, Andy, just can't be bothered to carry this stuff. True. Yeah, true. It's, uh, so what's the pros and cons? Well, well, on that point that you've just said then about carrying the stuff, lugging a pair of ski boots and a pair of skis and all your luggage through an airport is a bit of a ball ache. So, um, and can cost. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, because you've got to pay to get your kit on, on the flight. Um, but pros and cons of hiring. Obviously, if you are a first-time skier, then you would be foolish to go and buy all of the kit. Um, uh, you want to test it. You might, you might not like the sport, let's say, um, although I find that hard to believe. Um, but what, one of the biggest pitfalls I find is when people go into the hire shop and the first thing you do, you're going you're gonna to get your boots and they're going to take your shoes off. They're going to put you on a, a foot measuring device and they're going to give you a boot that they want to fit. And that means that boot's probably going to be too big. It's going to be comfortable, but it's going to be too big. And what that means is you're going to waste a little bit of time because once you get to ski school the next day, uh, myself or Paul or whoever that your your teacher or coach is is going to basically identify that, that boot's too big, send you back to the shop, and you're going to miss the first part I'm of sorry, the first lesson. I'm sorry, but Andy's clearly got way too much faith in the average ski instructor. <laughs> there, <laughs> well, there will be some ski instructors. Yeah, the good ones. Uh, the good ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, the idea is that the first thing we do with, let's say, you know, we have 200, 300 students coming to train for a level one, level two uh, ski instructor course, is prioritizing when we do our coordination the first thing we're saying is look at the boot to all our coaches we want to know day one minute one what's happening in that boot is it the right boot because otherwise from that second on everything's just a waste of time really if that boot's not correctly fitted yeah especially for the beginner if it's your first ski lesson and you're given uh, sorry your first ski holiday and you're given a boot in the hire shop you don't know how tight or how snug that boot is supposed to be you're putting it on and you're going oh that fits that's comfortable that'll be great i'm going to enjoy this yeah the, the truth is a ski boot isn't always that comfortable they can be made comfortable when you buy them but we're talking about renting um but they still, still shouldn't be painful. I mean, we're talking about a snug handshake or what we don't want is people to think that the boot needs to be uncomfortable. It shouldn't be uncomfortable no, at that no, level. It, 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 should, it should fit. Um, but I would say 60, 70% of the time, the guy in the hire shop, his busiest day is a Saturday. He wants you in and out. And as long as you can get your foot in that boot and you don't complain it's too small, he's going to send you away yeah. with that boot. Which is other problem, isn't it? Because putting on a boot that's correct to your dimensions of your foot is not easy to get on your foot. You know, mm. it's, you're peeling it apart. You, and yep. that's when it's warm. Now, when it's cold, the boot outside, yep. completely different. And don't make that mistake as a beginner of taking your boots along, you know, in your hands, for example, at minus 10, minus 15 degrees, get to the, the little ski slope and then try to put that boot on because you're going to be very, very... It's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen. happen. No. You um, definitely put them on in the boot room in the hotel. Yeah. Um, and again, for first time, for people who are on a first 
first time holiday. You don't normally get told this information until you're in resort and it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. And the, be aware that boots are not grippy like other trainers and things you might be wearing. So putting on the hotel's great bit of advice because it means you're forced to move around in them to get to the ski resort, whether you get on a bus and getting off a bus and you're doing lots of movement, which breaks the boot in. But be aware that the sole of the foot, it can be very, very slippy and often lead to accidents where people never even start skiing because they've cut the hands open as they've fallen over their skis have sliced the hand or something ridiculous <laughs> and they don't make it so there's a there's a balance here and because you won't have the luxury of having that ski coach with you when you're in the rental shop who will be watching you're going to have to follow our five tips I've just made that up as I went along there, Andy. So now I have to take five tips. Maybe six, maybe four. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I can stick to that rule. Yeah. Five tips when you walk in. Andy already told you one. Insist that they measure your foot. Don't let them ask. What they'll do is they'll go, what shoe size are you? And you'll go, I'm an eight or an eight and a half or 42. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll go, all right. And they'll grab a shoe. No, no. Just say, measure my feet. Number two, wear your ski socks. Number two, wear your ski socks. Or, and remember, Andy, how should those ski, sco ski, ski socks be? Uh, your ski socks should fit your foot, uh, but um, the thinner the sock, the better. Yeah, so um, the opposite of what you would think, and definitely never have hiking socks on. They're completely different hiking socks to a ski sock. Um, a ski sock, you know, a lot of people, when I was first skiing way back used to wear tights yeah. <laughs> it was quite common to wear tights um and you might think oh but my feet will get cold and all this sort of stuff they will if you wear thick thick socks probably wear never ever wear two socks no um they're gonna rub they're gonna cause blisters um just on the sock point while we're there um and i'm going off on a little bit of a tangent he's gonna we, sell you something we'll get <laughs> we will get back to the five points is we did um a sunday ski cast with a sock expert all right it was the most <laughs> right. it was the most viewed ski cast right and the one that we got the most interaction in and Everybody said they had no idea how important socks were and how much went into the making of a sock and the science behind socks. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested in socks. But point number three. <laughs> well, hang on. No, the sock. <laughs> Just so you know what sock I wear, because that's probably the question. And people are going to say, well, surely if that guy wears the sock, it's going to be right. Um, and I'm not sponsored so by anybody. What, what, what sock? <laughs> oh, that, that, wasn't a that wasn't a sponsorship. I've never, I've never worn any socks. But what, what socks are you wearing, Paul? I, well, well, actually. Actually, um, I have moved from uh, Falkel, you know, the, the Austrian yeah, or yeah. German brand, is it? Um, and now I tend to favor the boot dock sock because it's got like a compression and it's got different newtons of compression. So it's really thin and it, it's slight, got a slight compression to it. So because I do a lot of ski touring, yeah. I find a lot of socks slip. In and the they'll boot, sort of yeah. burn your feet. Yeah. Um, so a sock that's like a tight, actually, it's, it's a bit like a tight. And you can get different levels of compression to that sock as well, which could be beneficial for those who get, you know, bad coughs from skiing and stiff coughs. Um, so I uh, work with them. Now, okay, I do get the equipment free. It is, I do probably need to say that. But I do find them very good in fairness so i don't mm -hmm. know which sock you're talking about but i, I was talking oh, about no, i'm not i wasn't talking about a specific sock this right. was a sock designer ah, who right, designed okay. socks for multiple brands um and it was it was about what goes into a sock it was the technology I, of socks and i it think was, expect to pay a premium for a good sock you oh, know if you're getting socks two for 9.99 yeah then yeah forget you, it 
yeah you, unfortunately you know do you want to spend a, a thousand euros on a holiday and skimp on a pair of socks that's actually as andy's point yeah. is quite important yeah so yeah, we agree so point number three did you have something in mind i did point number two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so we've we've tackled I'll, I'll do point number three if you want to do point number three okay. so we've done we've done measure your foot we've done the correct sock a nice thin sock then take your time don't be rushed in the shop the guy's going to want you in and out but you're on holiday it's important that your boot is going to fit so take your time trying on the boot yeah take your time don't be rushed number four would be how should the boot fit and that's the difficult one very important that you make no comment until the boot's done up if the boot's not done up you won't know if it fits so as it goes on your foot and it's you know it's obviously open it's going to feel too small because your toe will naturally slide forwards and you're going to feel the big toe sort of pushing a little bit um at the front of the plastic of the boot of you now at that point, you need to have the boot done up and tap your sort of heel back aggressively on the ground. And this will knock naturally your, your, your foot back a little bit as he's tightening it up. Make sure the power band's done up as well. From that point, you've got two feet, not one. Make sure you put on, it's quite funny when I see people hobbling around with like just one, one ski boot and the other is just in their bare feet, you know, it's like, what are they doing? You know, like put, put both boots on. Then flex, flex, not your guns, but flex your ankle back and forward. Have a feeling of what it feels like as you dorsiflex and you push into the front of the boot. Do you feel that your, your big toe now is not actually connecting to the front of the plastic? And it, it will happen that. It'll make you feel like at the start it was really crampy, but as you flexed forward, it suddenly had space yeah. that didn't seem to be there before. Hey, bingo, you're looking good that yeah. way. Yeah, probably With a, a, boot, a, a boot that fits. Well, you've got a length yeah. that fits. Yeah. Because the problem is there's a, a lister, there's a... Um, I don't know what the word is Last. in English. No. Last. So the, yeah, and it's, 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 it, now it works. The boot manufacturers have, have, in the last 10 years have really identified that, oh, people don't just have one type of foot narrow. Yeah. They actually have fat and fleshy feet. You know, people always say, as you get into your forties, your feet expand, they get, they get fatter and thicker, if you like. Um, and this width of your foot, you know, especially if you're flat-footed, you pronate, you supinate a bit, you're going to have to be aware of that. that that's going to make your foot expand at the front more than someone else. Or if you have a very narrow um, an uh, ankle, you know, your calcaneus and leading up to the gastrox and your calves is fairly narrow. A lot of boots are wide at the back and that's going to be a big issue if you don't feel like you're getting pinched a little mm -hmm. bit with the heel and the heel's being held down. Now, the tip with the heel being held down is a weird one because I see people in the shop sort of like going, oh, I can lift my heel up and down. Yeah. It's like, of course, of you, course can. you can if you're doing that, yeah. <laughs> if you're springing up and down. But if you're pinned into a binding and, you know, when, when we talk about... Um, uh, on our ski analysis uh, websites and stuff, when we're talking about online uh, online coaching and analysis, one of the things we talk about a lot with skis is that you really want to be like sucking down onto the ski. You want to be skiing on your skis like there's no bindings, like you're having to sort of like suck yourself to the ski rather than lift yourself 
off the ski. And we'll go on to this when we start talking about technique. But therefore, this lifting of the heel thing, it's probably going to be present in almost all boots if you force yourself, <laughs> lever yourself from the toes to lift your heel up. Now, okay. If you're jumping up by an inch, two inches, whatever, there's something not right. It's not holding you down. But don't get over the top with this, I can lift my heel up at the back thing. Have a look, I suppose, at the buckles. Make sure that there's excess movement where you can still adjust them. Be aware that 99% of good boots nowadays have micro uh, adjustments. Yeah. You know, most people don't realize that you don't just need to step up one notch. There's a turning device that allow you to step up in, you know, fractions of a millimeter to make comfort fit. The important buckles, there should be normally four, okay? And be aware of those sort of two center buckles that are really gonna be holding you in position. And if it's painful in the shop, it'll be painful on the slopes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that was point four. Yeah, point five is if it's painful in the shop, it'll be painful <laughs> on the slopes. And it's true, it's like, think about it, you're in a shop that's probably 20 plus degrees, usually too hot. Um, the plastic's gonna be soft. Yep. Um, they've been sitting there overnight anyway, at least. So they're, they're fairly manipulative boots. You know, you can mold them and move them around relatively easy. And minus 10 at 2000 meters, the boot's gonna change. It's gonna make you feel like Robocop. So you have to be aware that if there's any, what you're looking for is Druckstelle, they call it like a pressure point, like somewhere where it's digging in. Mm -hmm. That's not good. That's not gonna go away magically. If that's there now, problem. Yeah. And what Andy said in point number two, you know, take your time. Reason being, because the burning sensation that's often associated with the first problem of cramping of the feet tends to show up after about 10 minutes. So the book can feel great, but 10 minutes on, you might get like a burning or a cramping that feels like it's, you just want to rip the boot off. And that starts to appear after 10 minutes. So I suppose tip number six that we said we wouldn't do would be get to the shop early so you can take your time and not feel rushed in the sense you've got to get to the ski lesson. So you have time to leave it on your feet. And I don't know, a lot of ski shops nowadays have even like a, a coffee place and yeah. stuff. You can sit and have a coffee with your boots on and whatever, but stand on them. Put pressure. Don't sit down. Stand up in the shop as much as you can. So your weight is on your feet. And if it's cramping, you'll know because honestly, you know, I've experienced it before. I remember buying... Um, Sorry, I remember being given a pair of Fisher boots <laughs> uh, to try out. And, and they were obviously a good boot, but unfortunately they didn't have, um, they weren't adapted to my feet as such because I was just testing them out. They didn't have yep. a footbed in or anything. And, you know, literally I got half a run done down this slope and had to sit on the floor and just put my feet in the air. And I was just, I could, I could barely not get <laughs> to the end. To the get, end. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't get to the end of the run to get the boot off. I was thinking, God, I'm going to have to walk down in my socks. It can be that painful oh, it can be crippling it oh, can yeah. be crippling and people don't get it not fit, it yeah. can be crippling and, and a lot of ski instructors don't get it when when a client's going I, I, i'm in agony here they'll go eh, that's how it is no it's not it is not you're not paying 1500 euros or three grand for a ski holiday to come and be in cramp yeah. that's and once it starts andy if you don't address it yeah you, that's it for four or five days yeah. You could yep. be taking a long time to recover from and, that. And one of the main things, well, one of the main things that we haven't covered in the five or six points we've said is, again, when when you come to ski school, if your ski teacher isn't checking your boots and he's not asking you what's inside that boot, then start wondering about your ski teacher. Because I guarantee 95% of first-time skiers will come along and they're 
underwear, their long johns, their thermals, their base layers, whatever you want to call them, they will be in the ski boot with the sock. And if you ski all day on your first day with your base layers in your sock, you've got a ridge over your shin, you're going to go back to the hotel and you're going to have a, a, a lump or a bruise. And if that happens on day one, that is there for day two, three, four, five and six of your holiday and you are going to be in a lot of pain. So, yeah. Um, Address things very quickly. If yeah. you feel any discomfort, a lot of ski resorts, look, have gondolas and things. So you've got time even in the gondola to even take the boot off and put it back on. You know, if you've got a fold in the sock or something um, because you didn't follow the advice with the sock, then, yeah, you need to address it. Don't just say, oh, I'll just get through the day because it'll ruin day two, three, four. And, you know, you'll be in Iberbrufen City. Yeah. And you <laughs> don't want to be down that road. You know, you want to be comfortable. So addressing issues is, is really yeah. priority. And look, on a subject like this, we could spend hours talking about it. So we want to condense it so that the, the first-time skier or even a, a middle-level skier who still hasn't committed yet to buying equipment yeah. has some idea as they go from resort to resort do not just look online and think, oh, I'm going to wherever it is. That's the cheapest deal. No. D don't start going cheap when it comes to equipment and rent. Yeah, you know, look, if, if it's a difference between 20, 30 euros, you can always ring the shop up and go, look, I've got this deal. Can you do better? Because most of the resorts um, behind the scenes, for example, they will be renting equipment now, let's say, I don't know nowadays, 200 euros, let's say, for a set of adult equipment for a week. But there'll be certain hotels that are connected to that shop that will get up to 40% discount for their guests. So if they're willing to give 40% to that hotel's guests, if you contact them yeah. and go... They're going to give it to you. They're going to give it to you yeah. because it's a competitive industry and it's a profitable industry yeah. rental. They just need to rent them skis out once and they're already quids in. So be aware of that, that you're in a good bargaining position. So don't look for Joe Blog's ski hire that's online and he's got this discount, that discount, and you're, you're running all the way around town to try and get it. And I think rent cheap, rent twice. Yeah. Because you'll only end up taking it back and going somewhere else. So let's just recap the points, Paul. What was point one? Point one was measure your feet. Okay. We definitely want them to measure them. Even though you know your size, you know you're a nine, but do you know if an eight is a 25 in ski boots or a 26 in ski boots? Do you know the difference between 25 and 26? No, you don't. You don't need to know that today on this podcast, but we will address more accurately what all these things mean. Um, so that was point one. Yeah. Point two was your sock. Make sure your sock fits and it should be a thin sock and only wear one pair of socks. Yeah. Point three was to be patient, to make sure that you're not rushed in any way, that you feel that you have the time to stand on the boot, to really let it sink, you know, let your weight sink down and start to feel if there's any discomfort. If you're the type of person who tends to collapse in, the knees tend to collapse in and you lean down, you might have issues because in rental boots, there are no footbeds being set up. They're, they're just the manufacturer's footbeds. Now, I will talk in, in some time in the future about footbeds because I'm not a fan of footbeds because I'm a barefoot person and I tend to avoid them but there are reasons for them and good reasons sometimes but they don't have in normal rental boots any type of specially developed footbed for people who pronate, supinate, etc. So it's one size fits all almost, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. So what was point four? 
Point four, I think we got onto the actual length of this tall yep, pushing how it at the feel. front how and it how should it feel. should feel. Um, and really that's what it's about, how it should feel. And you can't, as an advanced skier, you can tell them all these things and say, look, it's a snug handshake. It's a feeling of, you know, what you don't want is as you bend forward on the shaft of the boot, you don't want... God, shitloads of space at the back of the boot then yep. showing because the shaft's just not moving with you. It, the, yep. the, the cuff of the boot wants to fit the circumference of your gastrox and your, your, your calves as, as you're going up. So um, this is the issue that you often see. There's a lot of space up here, for example. Um, the heel, you know, that I said needs yep. to be pinned lower down at the soleus. We want to have a feeling that we're, we're holding and we're clamped in. Um, and then the other things that I would say I feel in a ski boot is restrictive. You're going to feel a bit restrictive to move, but you shouldn't. So what you've got to do is get around them restrictions and realize that actually, oh, th this is stiff plastic, like being in a, like, you know, your foot's in a plaster or something, yep. but you can actually manipulate and move. Feel what it's like to, to move onto the big toe, the little toe edge. Feel what it's <laughs> like to, 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 yeah. to swing back and forth. I tell people to just to get a feel of how much flex the boot's got by standing on one leg. So now the weight's all on one leg and just seeing what it feels like. Do you feel as you push into the shaft of the boot, that it pushes your hips backwards or do you feel you can push into the shaft and your hips can still drive down in a line or are you feeling that you're bouncing off the shaft because it's too stiff for example so feeling wise anything to add on feelings as we said earlier if if there is anything that is niggling nip it in the bud on the first day ideally in the first morning do not be afraid to go back to the higher shop and tell them you want to bigger, a smaller, a different boot. They will have different brands of boots, so they have different fits of boots. But yeah, go back and you're, you're the customer, you've paid for a product that you're gonna use for the week and that needs to be the right product for you, for your foot, for your comfort, for you learning to ski. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us on to the round in this off really of saying, rent or buy well we're basically there aren't we we generally would advise people to rent if it's their first time on snow where there really is no reason to be forking out we've got all those problems you've got to get your kit you've got to bring it back and forwards you've then got to service the kit at the end of each holiday yep. you've got to store the kit correctly um etc so it doesn't make sense um for people to be purchasing equipment unless they do more than one ski holiday um, and you know they're they're dedicated and they want to know they're going to get the same feeling every time they get on snow they don't want to risk that um getting some bad equipment and look it's not just bad equipment andy when it comes to the next part of the subject that we'll talk about it's the ski is if the ski is badly serviced it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you've got the best ski in the world if that edge has been got a problem with it you're screwed I can remember skiing about 10 years ago down the slope and I still used to work in a ski school and and fantastic World Cup fist ski. It was a great ski and I made the bad mistake of giving it to somebody else, actually the ski school, to, to service. Uh, to service. <laughs> or to de-service by to the de -service. Side of it. And literally, I know, I skied off and I can think I can ski on anything, I can get by. I, I, I couldn't ski. It was actually dangerous. It yeah. was creating a 
danger to me, like for Cantona, crossing the ski over and catching edges. And I had to stop at a restaurant and have a coffee and get Jamie to go down, get my other pair of skis, bring them up and swap my skis so I could <laughs> ski with a client. And it's, it, that's just from a service because yeah. somebody's took that edge and either just banged on a 90 degree or it's got two angles running down or the, it's been beveled wrong. Rental skis are just thrown through a machine fine because the machines nowadays especially some of the latest stuff is is quality it's really good stuff for rental skis it'll put a great base on it a great bevel and a great edge and it's consistently good um however sometimes sometimes you know something happens the stone isn't quite set right or some little problem and when that happens then the problem is the average beginner doesn't know. Yeah, they, they don't know why they can't move the ski. And I think we're, we're moving on to something a little bit different. But I think when going back to the hire shop, again, all of those skis went into the hire shop, as did the boots on Friday. If you put a pair of boots on and they're wet, tell them they're wet because they haven't been dried. Okay, the skis have all been thrown through the machine. Now, the machine was probably in perfect working order when the first pair of skis went through. But when the 400 pair of skis went through and the stone was clogged with filings off the edge, it's not going to have serviced that ski as well as the first 100 or 200 that went through. So they are going to differ. They are yeah. going to differ. And we all say a bad workman blames his tools. But in the case of skiing, it's, it's very important. My concern with, because um, we're still talking about rent or buy here. And yeah. My concern is that with skis is that the average skier would not know there's an issue with their skis and this is another problem that we will get onto when we start talking about servicing with the skis maybe we'll have somebody come in who's an expert and does this daily but they will tell you the importance about servicing a ski that fits the client whether that client is a world cup racer for example or a ski instructor or a good recreational skier or a beginner, they may ski uh, service the ski slightly different so it moves and slides easier and doesn't grip in the same way. And, you know, grip is important to a World Cup racer, but sometimes it can be not actually beneficial to, let's see, even a ski instructor who needs the skis to slide a bit easier because of the type of people they're teaching and also because they don't want to be servicing their skis every two hours like a racer might be doing yeah. <laughs> because that's how sharp their skis may be but sharp skis are a sign that it's actually serviced wrong in general that ski is if you feel you can literally cut your finger on the ski's edge um, just by rubbing up and down it's probably too sharp in effect it's the it's it's not gonna it's not gonna drift in the same way as you want it to drift and that's something as andy says we need to tackle I, th I think another thing which is worth saying within this podcast is and this is will be another podcast in itself and this goes back to how good is your ski teacher again as a, as a ski teacher can identify if a boot doesn't fit correctly a ski teacher should be able to see that the person is doing what is needed to make that ski work and if the ski isn't working should be saying let me have a look at that ski yeah and they yeah. should be able to identify if that ski is is let's badly say the, serviced, yeah, yeah badly serviced um you can often uh, see just looking along the length of yeah. the ski if there's two 
edges on it. You know, if it's 88 degrees and then it's it's moving to 89 or it's drifted to 90, even just looking down the line and you can see how it's been polished off in certain places, you can identify that. You can identify if it's been detuned properly at the tip and the tail. Mm. Um, you can see if it's if the base the, of the ski is actually sunk or something. And this comes back to storage. You know, people store their skis in the garage for 9, 10, 11, 12 months. And then they don't realize that what's happened is the skis sunk and the edge is now sitting too high and the skis basically yeah on rails yeah it's on rails it's it needs like a to be track. can may as well throw it away yeah. so this is the issue that we can get onto as well but summing up today andy summing up today we're happy that we think we've given you some good tips as yeah. to what you could do when coming to rent yeah make boots. sure yeah boots specifically boots take your time for, for god's sake it? yeah for god's sake yeah Good stuff. We can't wait to see you again or hear you again on the next one. Bye for now.